Hi, this is Chandra Brigman, and you're listening to Live from the Cafe, recorded live at Venture Cafe Cambridge, where innovation is for everyone. Okay, so we're going to jump right in. We are sitting here. This is our first feature interview. I want to welcome Danielle Goldman from Open Avenues, co-founder, to our feature interview segment on the new Life from the Cafe podcast. Danielle, thank you so much for joining us. Of course. Thanks, Frank. How is your day? Did you find Venture Cafe without any problems? I have been here before. I love Venture Cafe, (laughs) so easy to find. We always love having vets in that know how the system works. So um, why don't we go right into the heart of it. Tell me about Open Avenues and what your mission is. Yeah, absolutely. So we are in the immigration space, which is an interesting place to be right now and really important. So we are helping companies keep their foreign talent. And it's very difficult right now for companies when they're trying to hire foreign nationals or keep their foreign nationals working and thriving at their companies when there's a lot of visa restrictions and now, we're here to help them solve those. When you say foreign talent, yeah. what does that mean? Like, are we talking about the arts here? Or are we actually talking about um, key employees to these companies? What what type of uh, roles are these people filling in companies? Yeah, so these are employees who are either graduating from universities, top universities, or any university in the Boston area specifically. Uh, they're getting hired by companies. They've interned there. They've proven their value. These are startups to large companies, and uh, typically these are individuals in STEM fields, although it's ranging from MBA graduates uh, and liberal arts as well. So how does Open Avenues actually help? What, what is the actual process of helping uh, these companies retain this important talent? There's a, a problem right now with the H-1B system in our country, and the problem is that there's a cap on the system and there's 85,000 petitions that are selected per year for companies to keep that amount of, of those that those employees and every year more than 200,000 apply for these slots to get selected and it's very very difficult so I definitely want to jump into those numbers because that's fascinating I yeah. had no idea that that the 85,000 seems so small it's for the entire so country small. It's so small, and it's, it's really stymieing the growth of companies who are trying to, to continue to grow because these individuals are key employees. So sometimes they're C-suite executives at, at startups. Um, they are a founder of a company. Um, and they're also, you know, the when you're trying to hire uh, talent out of the top universities in the world, which are here in Boston, and one out of five graduates uh, in STEM fields are foreign born. It's incredibly difficult. So before we even dive even deeper into that and into those numbers, um, tell me what exactly an H-1B visa is, as if I don't know anything about this, because honestly, I don't. Yeah, an H-1B visa is a temporary work visa, and it's essential for individuals who are either graduating universities and have finished something called OPT, uh, Optional Practical Training, given by the U.S. government for one to three years. And any company that is hiring a foreign national knows that an H-1B is a logical next step for those individuals, and it's a really great step for even if you're coming from another country and hiring from another country before you actually sponsor them for a green card. So let me see if I understand this process correctly. We have uh, we have Steve, who's from Germany, who has just completed a PhD or some advanced degree here in Boston at one of the great colleges here. 
he has decided to join a small company, mm-hmm. um, plays a pivotal role in their engineering team. He finishes the degree, and that's where you step in? Yeah, so company a company could decide to hire him. And if he doesn't win the lottery, which happens once a year on April 1st. So you say lottery. Is that exactly what I'm picturing? It's exactly what you're picturing. It is a randomized system with no cap on country or demand. It does not take the economic demand from different industries into consideration. Absolutely a, a randomized system. Very antiquated. And if you don't win on April 1st, then your petition or your application hold on, is hold not on, even hold on, reviewed. Hold on. <laughs> it's on April Fool's Day? Is, is that a sick joke? Is it really? It is on April 1st. So how many people are in this archaic lottery system? So last year there were 200,000 individuals, uh, just over 200,000, who, uh, who put in petitions or companies who sponsored them at, at that time. So that's 200,000 for April 1st, but there are so many companies that are trying to file these petitions or H-1B visas outside of that annual cycle. I was about to say, it surprises me that it's only 200,000. I would expect it to be a lot more. Is that because companies don't know how to navigate this process? Is the process that complicated, I'm assuming, since you're in business, you're, you're helping these companies out? Yeah, it's it's a very restrictive system. Um, at, there's about 200,000 more who would like to apply for these outside of the April 1st deadline, and we are actually the solution for those who lose the lottery and those who want to apply outside of the April 1st cycle. So using the numbers that you just provided, two hundred there were 200,000 people that had employment, right, mm-hmm. in this country that were foreign-born, mm-hmm. and we told over 100,000 of them, highly educated people, yes. okay, no, thank you, you, di- you didn't win the system, so you yeah. have to leave? So most, many have to leave. Others are, they file, uh, they're, able, they're in some sort of other kind of visa where they can file again until they try to win the lottery, but I would say most are leaving. Um, it's very, very challenging. Companies call us and they are just devastated and do not know what to do. They're about to lose a key employee who has, you know, either built their technology that they're now trying to sell in the U.S. and, um, you know, or the the CFO. You know, we had a CFO call us the other day and say, "I found, I co-founded this, and I have to leave." What yeah. do you mean? That's that's incredibly shocking. But yeah. I want to play devil's advocate here mm-hmm. because there are, I'm sure, plenty of people pushing back against the H-1B visa system saying, um, why should those jobs go to foreign nationals? Why shouldn't we be prioritizing getting jobs for more Americans? What's yeah. your, your counter to that? So I actually, I think that's a great segue to talk about our model a little bit because okay. what we do is we, we care a lot about creating jobs in STEM also for Americans. And there's so much research out there that says foreign nationals, when they work here, when they thrive here, when they build companies here, they actually are, you know, one uh, foreign-born individual thriving here actually leads to six jobs for Americans. Wow. And so that is really exciting uh, in terms of economic growth for for America and for the U.S. Um, however, one of the things we've tried to capitalize on is taking these foreign nationals and providing them with a unique visa solution. And by doing that, we actually employ them as our employees for five hours per week working to train the future workforce. And we actually set them up with university students at uh, 
community colleges and uh, other universities in the Boston area right now. And we have them working on experiential learning projects. Uh, these are real world challenges that companies are facing and they're, they're really training the skills and, career, and creating career pathways for American students to enter STEM fields. So let me ask, how were, how were you able to hire these, these people? Are you sponsoring their H-1B visas or is there some other way that they're able to work for you in this process? There's a really important law that people should know about and we're leveraging as a company. It's called a cap-exempt H-1B visa. And these are organizations or institutions that are exempt from the lottery system completely. So Open Avenues has a foundation that is exempt from the H-1B lottery. And we are a nonprofit that is affiliated with the university. Interesting. That's our model. And uh, my co-founder, who's been in the business immigration space for about 30 years, uh, knew about this and wanted to help companies grow based on this law. And how many people right now are utilizing that model? So it's underly, underutilized for sure. Mm -hmm. um, UMass Boston has a global entrepreneur in residence program that was founded under Deval Patrick and with my co-founder Jeff Goldman. Uh, it's been very successful. About 100 entrepreneurs or founders have leveraged that cap-exempt visa in Massachusetts. Um, we are another kind of cap-exempt organization and are looking to do the same thing, but not just for founders. Uh, we're hoping to, you know, th that this will be a solution for other employees at companies who, because we know that there's so much demand, um, not just those who are founding, but those who are going in as the data analysts and software engineers um, and filling key roles at companies that they need to continue to build and grow. So Open Avenues has been around for just a year. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming you're working locally within Massachusetts. What is yeah. the goal? Because I, I sort of want to ask you questions as a co-founder, as an entrepreneur yourself. What are your goals for the company? Where do you see your growth potential being? We care a lot about two things. One, we want to see companies continue to grow and thrive in Boston. We know that there's so much potential for the foreign nationals who we help to build and drive growth for these companies and therefore the economy here. So we want to continue to facilitate these visas so that companies can continue to grow. On the other hand, we care a lot about our educational mission on the nonprofit side and seeing that the foreign talent within Boston is able to take the lead on teaching students and uh, building the skill sets needed for U.S. students who maybe haven't gotten an introduction into the startup world or tech space and creating that environment for them to be able to do that and those opportunities through our programming is very exciting for us. So this seems to be like a very mission-driven company, which is always great in, in my experience because I feel like you're working for more than an end goal. You're working really to help people, to advance what you see as a betterment of society. Um, the challenge, I guess, is how do you scale that? Yeah. How, how do you the go beyond question. that, right? <laughs> Absolutely, and this is something we talk about all the time. Uh, I, I think one of the, the key pieces here is that the immigration system is restrictive and scaling something that is within legislation out of your control is hard. Um, we are doing our absolute best to figure out 
how to innovate within legislation, and that's exactly what we've done with our first few petitions that were approved. Um, we're really excited about our cohort of seven foreign nationals and seven startup companies that are working at three universities in Massachusetts right now uh, and starting these experiential learning projects with our, our student cohorts. Um, we know that our model is scalable. So what this will mean is that we can partner with many universities around the country. We are, we are absolutely uh, a model that can be implemented in any cluster, we call it. A cluster meaning any place where there is demand from companies for H-1B visas and a university who wants to leverage that kind of innovation or those skill sets, we can implement our program. So Boston is the first place we want to do this, but we have plans to do this all over the country. Well, I think you're in the right city. I think with the number of universities and technology companies that we have here, you're in a great spot. Um, obviously, I think the political climate here, too, is very receptive. I think uh, everybody values the, the diversity that we have in our greater Boston community. So. Venture Cafe has a pretty straightforward credo. Um, we're all about contribution and helping each other, so we're gonna end this first session uh, utilizing our contributor model a little bit. So uh, I'm gonna ask you to both offer something that you can give to the community, whether it's a single piece of advice or something that Open Avenues can give to um, perhaps the listeners of this podcast, and then, then what's something that the community can help you with? Maybe it's a question that you want to ask the community that you want answers on. Maybe it's a strategical piece of information or advice. Um, what are those two sides of the, the contribution model that we have at Venture Cafe? Um, what would you like to, to offer and ask for? Yeah, I think if I've learned anything, um, I'd like to offer just the, the idea that, that even within something as restrictive as immigration, there's room to, to innovate and not being scared of what seems like the cement walls in front of you. Um, I will say that this is a really, you know, it's a, it's a tough place to be in right now. Um, and so what I, you know, we are dealing with a, 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 a right now an administration that is almost working against us. And we are looking for allies, and we want people to know that we're there for them. So for in terms of the community, um, we want to spread all of this through word of mouth because the key to immigration is trust. And we are a trustworthy organization. We build personal relationships with everyone that we support and help. So we will be a supportive member of this community for startups that are growing within the CIC and we'll look to the CIC to continue to spread the word and companies here to spread the word about what we're doing um, because we have big plans, but that's, you know, our, our, help, our support will only go as far as um, our reputation and the trust that we build with everyone. Fantastic. Danielle, thank you so much for your time. Where can people find Open Avenues online, in person? Where should they go? We have a website, www.openavenues.com. Uh, we are also on the benefits page of CIC, so you can find a 15% discount on services. Fantastic. <laughs> so if you're a CIC client, head on over to the portal, find about uh, find Open Avenues and see what they can offer you. Danielle, thank you so much for coming in. I hope uh, you enjoyed this, and we look forward to seeing you around the community. Yes, I'll be here. Thanks, Frank. Live from the Cafe is produced and disseminated by the Venture Cafe Foundation a nonprofit organization striving to better connect the innovation community. To learn more about our events and resources, please visit us online at VentureCafeCambridge.org. 
or come visit us at One Broadway in Cambridge, Massachusetts every Thursday from 3 to 8 p.m.